Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But, if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. And don't forget, if you're heading out to PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia this year, from the dates of December 10th to the 12th, check out Lurking Fears. Say hello to Matt and all the GMs down there and jump into one of their games. You won't be disappointed. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to another exciting episode of the Bardic College Presents Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, and I am here joined by all of our players. Uh, We want to say hello to them again because we don't always start episodes since we're a business, 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 you know how we are here. It's all about the business. Um, we just want to say hello to our players again. They're an incredibly talented bunch. And as we go forward in the show, we're going to have hopefully some really big announcements for you. So stay tuned for that as well. We love that you listen, and we're hoping that you're enjoying what we do. But let's start. So um, tonight we have Kayla. Kayla plays uh, Ella Walcott. How are you tonight, Kay? How's everything going? Well, you know, Ella had a little bit of a brain dead a brain death last episode because she almost got her dear friend Catherine Ross killed um, by that crazy terrorist lady. Um, mm. She has no idea what's going on. This isn't her forte. She's just going to see what comes of it, but she's not going to lose her quirky self. So um, she's just freaked out, really, is the term I'm looking for, I guess. Okay. Well, I'm going to do a little foreshadowing because writers like to do that with their people and with their stories. Oh, um, no. you, feel a, you feel a cold chill down your spine and you know it's coming. And it's all about you. But we'll get on to that soon. Um, what? All right, moving no! On. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so playing Vadim uh, Gavrilov is Scott. Scott, how are you tonight? I am doing wonderful. Good. Glad to be here. Everything going well? I'm doing good. Vadim's, Vadim's doing okay. Uh, he, he's kind of been surprised by seeing this uh, this uh, compatriot of his Evgeny in the uh, in the woods so we'll see how that works you know you kill someone's friends and then say hey friend <laughs> right so we're, we're all over this right we're not no one's angry <laughs> not at all you know what's a few bullets and blood between friends <laughs> I have to say as, as, a, as a keeper last time my heart kind of sank and then I took then I took a big deep breath of pride because my the players uh, when they got done with last session said, well, that didn't go according to plan. And then I heard, I heard Scott whisper, plan? When does anything go according to plan? Because <laughs> it's like every time they come up with a plan, like an old radio show, we have to throw another da-da. And I was like, well, there is a plan. It's just that you didn't expect it hijacked. That's okay. I mean, nobody thought that on a Russian you know, train in the 1930s in the Siberian desert, uh, Samarian wilderness. So that was just funny. <laughs> plan? 
every time we have a plan. <laughs> I was laughing. Oh, I'm playing Catherine Ross is Lauren. How is Catherine tonight, Lauren? Glad to be alive, you know. And how is Lauren tonight, Lauren? <laughs> Not so glad to be alive. <laughs> Listen. It always makes for exciting times when, when Lauren isn't feeling the moment, but Catherine is. <laughs> no, Lauren hasn't had any Starbies in like three days and is going through withdrawal, so. Oh, Jesus Christ. It's, you know, if, if you ever want, listeners, if you ever want like super unhinged. It's PSL Catherine season Ross, and she hasn't gotten her fix. I'm more of a salted caramel in the autumn bitch, yeah. not a PSL lady. Um, anyway. As a public service announcement to all of our listeners, if you ever feel that you need a Catherine Ross fix just between episodes, go and watch the the Muppets, uh, the Muppet Show, the most recent one that was only on for like one season, and search Deadly with Carmel. I think that'll sort of sum up Catherine as he starts screaming at the <laughs> at, at the barista. I said a leisurely pump of Carmel, boy. <laughs> Slow that your is still pump. My daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Slow your pump, boy. I was like, wow, that guy's insane. Listen, you're not wrong. The We should release this sidebar for funsies as a, you know, little bonus. We, Mel, Kayla, and I went to the Renaissance Festival together. And uh -huh. the whole ride we were talking about, okay, in this situation, what would the Cthulhu and Cairo characters do? Where would they sit in the car? Who would drive the car? It's hysterical content, honestly. Well, we, we got to get this out there somehow. Next time, record it. Hit hit the button on the phone. Oh, awesome. it was really funny. The unanimous nice. decision was that Faye goes in the trunk because she can't bother anyone from there. I thought you were back middle. No, we thought that originally, and then we said no trunk. Because oh. speaking of back middle, Jack Cavendish played by Joel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after the conversation Known for his back for his back middle <laughs> a back middle? middle my god man how is uh how is mr cavendish this evening he's chuffed genuinely chuffed ready to go and employ a few bullets in the right places he did last time uh so yes that was and dispatch someone with uh, a knife a particularly special knife for him isn't it well you know everyone deserves a knife now and then right absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and final, last but not least, we have Melinda, uh, who plays Faye Dawson. Um, how is Faye this evening, Mel? Uh, she's incredibly surprised that she was one of the few women that wasn't grabbed and almost kidnapped last time. I know I was shocked for sure. I can't believe I escaped that. But uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where this new connection's going to go. A little bit concerned. Frankly, all of Russia has me concerned, so I'm just kind of rolling with it at this point. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any place on the planet that Faye's not somewhat concerned. You know, oh, I'm here for the, I'm here for a full body massage. Is that is that woman giving me the eye? Oh my god, is that, <laughs> she she must be evil. Is she I have wearing trust the ring issues. of Spectre? Yeah, exactly. I have trust issues. I have I have had many things happen to me in my uh, short 28 years on this planet. Um, especially within the past uh, six months. So forgive me. So what we're going to do, Faye, uh, and we're going to put this out there for the players before we jump into the narrative, which I'll do in about 30 seconds. For your next solo adventure, we're just going to do me playing Sigmund Freud um, or mm. Carl Jung. I'll check on the dates and everybody. And you can just sit on the couch and we'll just ask you some questions. So Faye, how does that make you feel? <laughs> and we can go through the whole thing. And you can just rant. Tell me about, about your father and your dreams. <laughs> 
No. Would you like a cigar? <laughs> I will pass. I love I love sending Faye to therapy. I think that would do some good for her. I blame well, I blame everything on your fascia and your impulsive decision making. <laughs> and his cheating whore. Yikes. Uh, what yeah. why did why does everyone blame the woman? Um I don't know. She knew he was married? My father was a, a scoundrel. Yeah, most kids are able to, like, not most, a lot of kids, it's like, unfortunately, my father was an alcoholic. My father was a rolling, Papa was a rolling stone. Yours was a sick sadist occultist. I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I think mean... scoundrel's a little light. That's like, oh, he's such a rapscallion, that one. <laughs> no. Such no. a no. little, little such beyond a scoundrel. In in my defense, um, Faye is still trying very much to process it. I like to think that she just kind of sits up at night and she just goes, I can't believe that this is my life. This is, mm. huh. You, you I'm here. <laughs> All right. Hey, if we put Faye on the couch, you know, between countries, can she like get some uh, sanity back maybe? Sure. <laughs> There's no That's bouncing right. back from where I've been. <laughs> 10 sanity per session. Oh, that's, that's a lot. That's a that's, lot. That's Can big. we all do therapy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody therapy. but you, Catherine. <laughs> excuse you. Excuse you. Could you. do goat yoga. Tears for yoga. fears with Faye Dawson. Why can't I get therapy? <laughs> well, Let's see how you behave over the next session or two, and then everybody can write in and tell us if whether or not you'd be able to have any type of benefit from therapy, because you're the team, the crazy team mom, and most of those, there's no coming back from some of that, but we'll find out. All right, so last time we, we were with our players, um, they had just had this massive shootout at, on a train bound for Tomsk, Siberia, and before that, we want to mention that the, the one gentleman who's been causing a little bit of chaos behind the scenes, Fernando Pessoa, did get off at the train stop and make his way in the middle of the night into, you know, into the train station itself and never seemed to reboard. That kind of did happen just before about an hour and a half later when all hell broke loose. There was some, some of these rebels or underground smugglers or whatever they are, because we're not quite sure how this all fits together yet. But when the train was attacked, um, the team defended themselves, killed some of these, these insurgents or these people. And um, by the time it all sort of the smoke cleared and things were starting to calm down, uh, we found out that, you know, one of Vadim's friends, uh, Eugeny D uh, Dimikov, who used to be one of Vadim's, you know, pretty good contacts working in uh, Moscow, was actually here uh, trying to rescue a man by the name of the politician's name is Vasily Safranovich. OK, and he used to be one of Stalin's inner circle, and he was actually on this train sent to one of the detention camps in Siberia. Uh, there was several train cars filled with women, men, women and children. There were some soldiers, but they were able to detach the car. So all that stuff happened. And we know that that what went off from last time. After Eugenie makes himself known to Vadim, he says, hey, whoa, 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 we're all on the same side. Stop, stop, stop. Everything calms down. And they made their way um, into the woods because they knew that the train itself, the the, um, the engine would be starting to back up very, very soon. And the soldiers that they didn't kill yet would be coming back and trying to, you know, destroy the. The, these rebels. So that's where we're going to pick it off. So with semi-hooded hooded lanterns, with the people from the train cars uh, being freed, everybody grabbed their stuff and s the supplies they could carry. They made their way across this large field on the other side of the woods. In the dead of night, you know, late early morning, uh, made their way across this, this this opening and back into another series of woods. And it seems like they're they're taking you, you know, obviously somewhere where they're camped. But all these refugees that are that were on the train are now with you as well. And they're kind of trying to keep people quiet, but hurting them. They're definitely moving them as, you know, with purpose. 
All right. Uh, Vadim, it's up. Did you want to try to keep next to you, Ganey and Maritza, the, the young woman who was holding uh, Ella for a bit during that hostage crisis or? Oh, I, I would, I would try to herd, um, you know, our whole group uh, together and keep as close to Eugenie as possible because he's the, seems to be the only tie that would prevent us from just being killed right now. So yeah, he's not, he's not out of my sight. Uh, okay. Uh, and uh, is anybody breaking away from Vadim at this point? Is anybody doing something a little bit rash? Faye? Fuck no, baby. I'm staying. <laughs> For once, I'm a... Uh... In fact, uh, can I hold on to, like, Vadim's shirt or something? I really don't want to get separated. It's it's a little cold. Take Vadim's shirt and hold on to it. Uh, but And that would leave Vadim with no shirt. But you can, No, I mean, you know... like, uh, hold on oh, to, like, the end of his shirt. <laughs> I got you. I like how three just words. Three words. She devolved us into like a seventies thriller. Fuck no, baby. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, I'm like God. I'm like hurting. Everybody, hold hands. Yep. I Stay together. I would love for us to hold hands. Can we? In yes. the woods, gently. Yeah. Everybody's Great. holding hands. No um, skipping. See, we're behaving. Can we get therapy? No. The so this this particular the, the walk back to where they're they're camped is about three or four miles I'm going to say in the in the dark so it's it's it takes close to in in this this many people walking trying to stay semi quiet no one's talking anybody who does talk gets warned once the second time they get a butt of a rifle in the mouth they're they're not playing games it's not like they're trying to be mean they just listen we this is it's the dead of night we don't make noise here we just keep moving we get back to where we have to go so. Vadim, unless you're going to attempt to whisper surreptitiously and anything to Eugenie, the group is pretty much going to be under this, you know, the the moon pushing through the clouds as it can. It's just going to make its way to their campsite and then settle everything in. Is that okay? Yeah, I think it's probably best to, to you know, fall in line, um, not bring any attention to ourselves as much as possible. Awesome. All right. Uh, you arrive at a, at a lone, like this road and it's, it's just like, it, it, to say it's a cart path is really being very nice. Could a truck get through it? Yeah, but there's huge difference. I, I mean, it's just so poorly maintained. But it does it does break through several, uh, through the fields. Uh, along down, you see lights coming very softly off in the distance. And uh, your friend looks at you and says, "So we're almost there. Please keep bringing your people up this lane to the uh, to a farmhouse that we have settled in. They will be take. We will talk then, and we will take care of everything that we need to. Please, please, this way." Thank you, Yogani. And sure enough, so the name of the farmstead um, is, um, let's see, Salenke. So it's just spell it how you want. I probably butchered it. This, uh, the last name of the, the, farmers, the farm, farmer is Salenke. And the lane is pretty, it, it's, this is Siberia. The land is so cheap. She has massive tracts of land. And the farmhouse itself is not in the best of shape, but it's there. And as you, you know, as you approach your way up this, winding path that they use to kind of you know bring oxen and stuff all around you see one one farmhouse it is two levels it's squat it's not very big um but you also see a you know a good sized barn uh, a grain storage house or something on the other side and tents like now you, uh, when the, the moon is out you can see behind them there's a lot of tents and it literally looks like a refugee camp there's got to be anywhere from 80 to 100 tents behind this woman's house just in this field, you know, in between the, the rows of trees that, that border each different piece of property and, and the fields that they plow. 
but there's a, so there was a lot of people here before and they're bringing even more in because you know from the trains they they rescued probably close to 150 200 people all that's being done here in this particular on this farmstead so they bring the supplies that you know the guys that are carrying them are loading them up next to the barn or next to the house accordingly and this older woman comes out and uh Ugeni says this is Norishka she uh she owns the farmstead she's uh her two sons were taken by Stalin's men and questioned never saw them again and she has sworn that in her she will not close her eyes until Stalin has been and his men have been taken care of. So she offers us this land for our, for our operations. Vadim uh, says, you know, OGPU and spits on the ground. They are a curse upon Russia. But for, in order to get rid of them, we must first find a way to, or figure out the way to get rid of the head, to cut the head off of it. That's the only way. So he says, give me, f- please give me five minutes. I speak to Maritza. She report in and I take you somewhere where we can settle your friends and have a conversation. So he talks to Maritza. She says, she nods. She takes Va- uh, Vasily Safranovich inside the house. So obviously there's some people in there that, you know, they want to see him or talk to him directly. Uh, being such a a vocal rival of Stalin over the last several months, uh, it, was in, it was inevitable that this poor guy was going to get grabbed. I mean, Vadim, you know him from the papers. He has not been kind in his, he's very much like a Leninite. Uh, old school, but yet somehow he and Stalin had stayed somewhat friends, but then it just turned. And the papers obviously don't explain why, because it's all controlled press. But this guy went from being in pictures next to the great, the, you know, the great man, as they call him, or the Iron Man, or the Man of Steel, right? Man of Steel or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he became like persona non grata, and the OGPU just made him disappear. All right, so gang, you're all gathered together, and sure enough, Eugenie comes back over, and he's got a few blankets and things, and he says, Come, this way. For tonight, at least, I have a place for you to stay. Come. And he walks you back. And it's pretty far in the back, but there is a tent that's there. He explains that any facilities that the women or men might need are that way towards the woods. And there's a small shovel, and he drops that on the ground. Here's some blankets. Um, I'll, you know, once everything is settled, I will try to get you some breakfast in the morning. Uh, but, Vadim, why? Why were you on this train? I cannot believe we found each other like this. This is unbelievable. Uh, Yogeni, I am... Uh... I, I am in something here. It's a, a very complicated. Uh, we, we need to talk. But uh, most important, uh, these people, uh, I am I am uh, in charge of their protection. I, I, I am responsible for them. I need your word. They'll be safe. Well, they've... Listen, I'm going to have to explain to Sergei why so many of our men may be missing. You tell them that was me. That was not these people. Somebody puts knife at my throat, you know me. That person is not leaving. Who put knife to your throat? Why would this happen? Who did on this? On train. Oh. Who? You're, you're, you're spies on train. Oh. They, 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 they talking amongst themselves. I hear things. You know Vadim hear things. They made clear they were not friendly. And they knew me. That's, and that is why you came out with bullets and, and brass balls. To uh, to attack some of the people, I understand. I understand. I'm 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 going to go out fighting, not like a meek little lamb. And what about who is the, now? This is in Russian. So anybody who has some Russian, not a problem. Um, someone someone just wrote on the the chat, and the girls are also incredibly trigger happy. I agree with that. Um, <laughs> Vadim is trying to like deflect all attention from right. them. That you know, yep. Okay. Um, so if, uh, he says. 
So you are responsible for these people. What are they paying you? Why are they here? I mean, in the middle of the middle of nowhere, for God's sakes, why would anyone from the West? And he looks at you and goes, and obviously they are, especially the gentlemen here. Why would they need to be out here? What is what is so important to be on a political train? Their business has nothing to do with us, with Russia, with Stalin, with any of this crap that goes on here. Their business is outside. But right now they need something from inside. And what they are doing is very important. A very dear friend, very, very important man from outside. Contact me personally to help with this. I am Father, devoted. I, I hear you, but I we are not uh, uninformed out here with what goes on in the big cities. These women, they have been in the press. Mm. These women have had picture. I, they bring, they are friends, uh, guests of Stalin. How can you say this is not a, to part of Russia, not part of problem that's going that on? Was I mean, all, uh, that was all uh, subterfuge to keep them safe. They, uh, they arrive in secret plane. Stalin's eyes are everywhere. They found plane. They had, uh, they had stolen plane from these Germans. And that's how they got here. All of a sudden, it's like some fancy plane, and Stalin wants it, and he's... So we, we, we leaned into the story. It's all subterfuge to keep them safe. When you have OGPU, you know, bearing down on you, and you are in the room with light and bench and chair and nothing else, I grasp at the only straw that was offered. Well, I will explain it. Of course, you know, and I will tell Sergei that you have my trust. I will let him know that you are... You are salt of earth. You are a good. You are a good man. You, and I can tell you, they, these people, they, they, there is no love for Stalin. They see nothing but monster. Their need is something beyond us. If if they find another way to be able to get what they need, if if that is through us, then we are. You know, they will do that. They, there, there is no love lost. There is no loyalty, and uh, they they could be helpful. It could be helpful for us, for these cause. Think of what embarrassment if these people, as you say, have been in newspaper all over the place, faces splashed, and these are the very faces who, who then, you know, toss, you know, toss it back into Stalin's face. Uh, Jack? No, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I saw the, the palm. My bad. No, he said splash, and my one thing was... Oh, uh, you did jazz hands. <laughs> my bad. I did jazz hands, I'm sorry. If we're okay. if we're breaking the scene for a moment, I I did whisper, "Don't volunteer me." <laughs> did you sing it like Faye? I I did actually. Um, Please I don't want to be volunteer in... me. I don't want to be involved. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just this is Germany all over again, you know, big bad guy in power. Let's take him down. Yeah, that ends uh, well. No, no, no. I, I I think what I think what Vodum is suggesting is is by you guys by by. Us getting you guys and getting your 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 goal done, that that can be thrown back into Stalin's Great. face. Love right. that. So the so Jack uh, he switches over to English and he says, "Well, my English um, broken to say least, but I I say hello to to you, to you four, and Vadim, and he puts his hand on your shoulders, Vadim, and he says, "Good man." He's, you trust him, trust me, I trust you. 
Okay? Yes, well, it seems okay for the moment. My Russian is also quite basic. Basic? Good. But you're, you're a big man, yes? You have strong arms. Your back is wide and broad. You Are you a strong man? You help tomorrow maybe help with uh, people we bring from last night. We use you. We could use you. Little bit of work. You're not afraid, yes? I'm not afraid of much, no. I, I suppose I can be of help. I, You know, more of a hired gun, so to speak. I came for the bear, but I, bear? I will help. Bear, but yes, in Tomsk. Bear in Tomsk. No, don't. Is there... Where do you come from for Tomsk bear? What, what is this? I, I, was, I was brought here to kill the bear in Tomsk. Oh, okay. The bear, well, that, is, the bear that attacks. Well... Until then, you dig hole for shit here. We do it together tomorrow morning, you and me. Very, ex- very exciting. Yes, very exciting. That's it. All that education put to a shovel. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, we have done in no time. Ground, not that hard yet. We fix it. And yes, you. Yes. He walks over to you, Catherine. <laughs> He's like, I, Eugenie is my name. And you, what is your name? Catherine. Pleasure to meet Catherine. you. Catherine. Yes. Huh. Catherine. Uh, okay. Da. Yes. <laughs> da. Uh, you learning. Vadim say you take plane from fascists. This is uh this is good. I mean, not good you give to Stalin, but good. We didn't intend to. You have didn't. anything you know how to do? Any skill? I'm I'm a doctor. What is this? Vadim, you not say you have doctor? She she Jack, speaks to Jack leans over with a smile and goes, I believe she's also strong like bull. <laughs> No, we have you for this. No, that's the, that's the forehead one. <laughs> right. Doctors, <laughs> doctor we could use. Can you, we have many, several women, big in, big in bellies, um, soon to burst. You, can right. you help us, you know, maybe check them out. Make sure nothing uh, going on. I, I believe a good nothing. laxative would help. No, I, wrong big in belly. They're not yes, bloated. yes, they're bloated. No, oh, no. Not... oh dear. No. Oh. Greens, uh, yes. Perhaps what? some greens in the diet. You know, yes. Little fiber. Fatty meat. I'm sure with your lovely bedside manner, you can handle screaming infants beautifully. Catherine will be fine with the big boned women, yes. <laughs> good, good. It's Dr. Doctor my... Catherine, this is good. Yeah, yes. It's my specialty. This is good. And you, you, you look off kind of odd. What's your name? That's you, Ella. Uh, Miss Walcott. Ella Walcott. Pleasure to meet you. Anything you do, Miss Walcott, help around here for a day until we figure out how to get you to Tomsk? Can I, you I'm cook? I'm more of a reader. No, no, not really. Oh, can I read? That's shame. Even that, even Eugenie can read. You've, oh, you are very good at reading. Uh, reading don't keep people warm. Reading don't... Can you crochet? Knit? Sew? I, I make a mean cocktail? Oh... You know how to pour vodka in glass. Good. We figure something out. You can bring around vodka in glass. Maybe we put you in the house and you can tend to some of the the more appropriate people that give the orders. And then people like me, Eugenie, and my friends, we carry them out. And you. Hmm, your forehead is scabbed. Never mind. Um, so he says, uh, what, what did you, I am Eugenie. Uh, Eugenie Dimikov. What, be your, what is your name? My name is Faye. Faye. Yes. Hmm. That, uh, what does it mean? Something in, what are, what are you from? Are you, are you, are you English? Uh, no, American. Oh, so sorry. Does that, does fame mean anything? Do you, 
What do you know? Can you can you cook? Can you can you sew? Do you do anything, Faye? We have people that have needs. We have people with that could use things. Well, I've heard that um uh my my mother used to tell me that uh Faye is uh another word for fairy. Um so I'm very small, so I wonder if that's where they got it. Um I, I can cook and sew, so I can help in either of those areas. Oh, Faye. You would be it would be big big help to me and prove to to Sergei that there was no bad no 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 bad blood between us for what happened at train. Vadim has explained. He knew he, he was threatened by one of our one of our people, and for that he had to kill twenty men. But that's not we know we're good. It's we're solid. We're okay. But if you can help us cook, if Ella can pour vodka and Catherine deliver babies while Jack digs shithole, we're good. This is all good. We're all set. Sounds Quite like a, a plan to me. Such a wonderful country. Such a wonderful country. When can we? Uh, <laughs> I I see. I talk soon. Vadim, Vadim, come. We have we have a quick vodka before the night. It's getting late, but in the meantime, uh, we I'll set up a point time where your friends after breakfast, after Faye gets done cooking the breakfast with others, uh, we'll meet with Sergey. We talk. Come, come. Lead the way. So the two of them go off. They split a vodka. Okay, gang, you're all together. Everybody make a roll and let me know if you get a one. A Not roll you, like Vadim. A... You're good. Yeah, you're okay. good. Like yeah. a just normal one. Yeah, just give me a, a, a no um, percentiles. Just don't roll anything like a fail, a critical oh, fail. Oh, fourteen. Eighty-five's good. Catherine got a uh, fourteen, and Faye got a thirty-seven. Okay, so nobody had a critical fail. So everybody's equipment, everybody's stuff, uh, all shows up. Nobody missed anything in the dark. Ooh, nothing got lost. That's good. It's good uh, to know that I have my medical bag now that I've promised to deliver babies. Well, not just that. There's some. There's a broken bone here or two. Um, there's going to be Great. one guy with gout that's not really pretty. But, uh, you know, you're going to be able to help out a little bit and do your doctoring stuff. Vadim comes back about 20 minutes later, feeling a little warmer, but everyone kind of gets their beds together. Really, it's cold. It's not It's not drop dead die cold, but it's it's getting cool at night. Cold. So you kind of, people are huddled together inside this baker tent. Normally probably sleeps three or four max. You know, you got one extra. Not the end of the world. You'll make it out. Catherine's five Fs are employed. Absolutely. Which is fucking frostbite, fucking what? Are, what are they all, Catherine? That's fucking frostbite, fuck, fucking fruit. I forget what there's. There's five no, F's. There's a lot. Listen, um, they're on a post-it note somewhere at my at it. my desk. Good. We'll get it later. We'll Absolutely, get it. we'll get it. Just don't let any frostbite happen. I get it. Yeah. All right. So the next morning, uh, the tent flap throws open, and this meaty, very thick-necked, big-faced woman leans her head in and goes, "What invitation? No, no, no invitation. You come." Come, people need help. People need you to see, doctor, and you. There's drinks to pour. Please, come, come. What? Right. Come oh, with that's me. me. Come. And wake up, wake up the cook. She should have been in kitchen hours, an hour ago. She's this terrible is not America. in the morning. She's terrible in the morning. I shake darling Faye awake and direct mm. her in the direction You, you of look the out kitchen. and it's still kind of dark. And she said she should have been up an hour ago. So you can only imagine. Russian lives are a little different than yeah, living clearly. in. Yeah, it's. You know, 4.30, you should have had your ass in the kitchen. Let's start going. You know, the Ritz, you this is not. No, not at all. Mm. So the ladies make their way out. Guys, of course, you're allowed to sleep an extra hour. Nobody's going to expect men to get up that early. And I get a dirty look from my daughter. Okay, good. So that, <laughs> that, that was <laughs> Jack with the old, well, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. <laughs> well, of course it would be. I mean, we, we do all the work. Why would we get up so early? Sexism um, in Russia, because why not? <laughs> All right, so when the sun starts to come up, 
lines are beginning to form. Uh, and of course the shovel brigade starts looking for Jack. They come out. There's, there's like eight guys and they're just going to go dig a new trench. It's just time. So you, you're able to help out with that a little bit. It's, it's not like you have to stand there while everyone's, you know, waiting with toilet tissue or newspapers or there's no toilet tissue or, you know, corn husks. They're just, they're just got to dig a trench. So that's fine. Catherine, we'll start with you about five or six patients in, you get a good, you get like probably some sort of an STD. Um, you also get, you know, like I said, the gout. And the pregnant women. And one of the pregnant women is literally on the verge. Like, she is going to go. Right. A, a good hearty sneeze. And oh, we're yeah. going to meet little Boris. Got it. Got it. Big time. So, we're going to roll a number here. Okay. All right. She's like... <sighs> and in broken Russian, she says, thank you. And then her next words are, oh! So... It's probably, like, eminent today. You know what? I think we should have sweet Ella helping me, maybe, and not necessarily pouring... Oh, no. No, 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 no. You do not want me around children. Well, first of all, that, and if she touched somebody and got a read-off of a brand-new birth baby, that could be just so traumatic. Who would want... You don't want (laughs) to... This child was born out of wedlock. How would it know? (laughs) The milkman's son. Anyway... Anyway, it's not just the baby's memories, it's the DNA. Is it? Okay. Moving, yes. Moving swiftly along. Um, Am I alone? No, there's there's a a couple of like women there that have been midwives once or twice. Okay. One one woman who seems to be the most helpful, her name is Nana, and she comes up and she's like, I watch chickens. That's fascinating. I can help chicken. Starts flapping her arms. Making it look like, you know, I got this. If you, you know, if you need yeah. an assistant, I'm here. Um, chicken watched... lady, could you please just walk her around? Just, I, I, just nice little stroll. Walk her? Not on a leash or anything. No, just like, take her for a walk. Underst- she understands. Yeah. She's like, okay, okay, we walk. She helps her up. Thank the you. The woman gives you the look like, are you out of your mind? Why would you make me stand up when I'm in pain? And well, I'm no, not that's very what happy she's with supposed it. to do. I'm not saying it's not right. I'm saying she doesn't like it. Well, there's I'm, a lot of things that are right. I'm, <laughs> I'm working like, oh. out of a dirty tent. We don't have a lot of like, I don't have a fancy no, no, OBGYN chair. No, you, you're up at the barn. You're good. Okay. There, it's much oh, good. A barn. Here. A barn. Great. <laughs> well, like Jesus. This, this is going to happen like Jesus. And you're going to stand on some wood blocks and we're going to do it the old fashioned way. None of this laying down shit. Come on. Gravity helps. All Gravity. right. Gravity. Use so, what God gave us. At about one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon, you have had this. Go ahead and make a medical roll for me. Oh, okay. Pass, but just barely seventy-eight. Okay. Um, still a pass. You're able to deliver the the baby with no problem. The mother comes through fairly, you know, fine. Um, everyone's very excited. It's a boy, but she says that she wants to name it Catherine because <laughs> of the doctor. Del- that's delightful. <laughs> <laughs> so Eugenie's like Doctor Catherine, and she goes. I named after you like sweat, you know, hair pressed up to her scalp, just real sweaty. That's all. You don't have to do that, but that's very kind of you. (laughs) Catherine the great. Right. (laughs) Catherine. So at about one 30 that afternoon, everyone's sort of gathered together. Uh, Jack, you've had a a couple of vodkas because of course, hard work, you get paid, you know, with a little bit of alcohol or something a little stronger. (laughs) I mean, a little stronger than straight, stronger than the vodka, (laughs) stronger than Taylor, like a double vodka. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, listen, let's chase that down with another vodka. Uh, 
you know, that's just sort of the way they did it. And um, or Ganey comes around and he gathers everybody to this this old farmhouse. The farmhouse, I mean, the roof could use some repair. It's still standing. It's not like the chimney is working. It's not like it's it's you know a hovel by any stretch of the imagination. And compared to what these refugees had or even have, some of them like in the slums of the cities, this is by this is like the, the Ritz. It's two rooms downstairs, you know, a big common room and a kitchen. And then upstairs is like one or two bedrooms. And that's about it. It's it, it's very basic, but it's hers. She owns it until someone, you know, but she owns it. And, but the weird thing about right now that you're, that you've noticed, I mean, besides all these people, you don't see any other farmhands. Everyone looks to be like armed soldier types, you know, like people that are maybe dressed common, but they have a little bit more swagger to them. They don't look like the, you know, the beaten down basic, like country farmer. You're not seeing that. Like that, not helping her. A couple of the refugees look like that, but nobody around her, like any, because she said her sons, you know, he explained her sons were grabbed. She's an older woman. So not even sure the farm is a working farm anymore. It could just be, she's kind of like got nobody to help her. I do not have my five Fs. Okay, no wonder. No worries. We, we can work without it. So once everybody gets into the house, uh, Eugeni says, Sorge, um, will like to talk to all of you. Uh, he is with Vasily upstairs. Uh, Vadim, t- tell them. Um, these are Vasily's, the papers say even. He he was no friend to Stalin. So your friends, they're safe to talk with him. He, he you know, he wants to to talk. It should be good. Uh, Vadim kind of nods to everybody and says maybe in a little bit better English, you know, we're, we're going to talk to those in charge. Watch what you say. It, like... Well, he starts walking up the stairs and all of you are at the bottom. So if you want to have a quick... Like little chat. To Just kind of turn around as we're yeah. like in and say, you know, under, you know, uh, you know, this is the moment. Uh, you know, we talk to man in charge. We make sure you they know you are not friend of Stalin. Oh, we, I hate him. I hate him. He's terrible. That will not be a problem at all. His mustache is vile. <laughs> Ditto. Yes. Well, that should be the clincher right there. <laughs> His mustache is vile. If I had the chance, I would shave him. (laughs) (laughs) And not just his mustache, his eyebrows too. They're so bushy. They're like caterpillars. Excellent. All right. So you make your way up this very narrow, tight staircase to the the wall. You know, Russian people are pretty big, but man, they didn't build the staircase that way. Uh, They just, you know, it's like, you know, you're kind of scraping as you make your way up there, ducking your head underneath the, uh, the, whatever they call that. I don't think it's a trellis, but whatever they the part of where the stairs would be resupported above your head and you get your way up. And in one of the bedrooms with, you know, obviously some candles that have been burning all night, they're now extinguished. The curtains are open, uh, sits, uh, Maritza. She's leaning up against the wall and sitting at the table is Sergey, a man in his late forties and another man by the name of Vasily Safranovich, who looks to be somewhere late forties, maybe early fifties, but he's dressed in a nice suit. Like he looks like somebody, the suit's a little bit muddy and d- dirty right now, but the suit cut is, you can tell he's like, he came from the city. This is not somebody wearing the same suit since, you know, he was five. This is somebody who actually, the, the pants make the right length. The, the style is more current, that kind of thing. Okay, so all of you are brought in. There's chairs sitting uh, up along the wall. They're kind of at a table looking at you guys. And he, he says, please, sit down. Follow their direction. All right. Yeah, sure. sit politely. Jack lights a pipe and uh, and sits down. Eugenie says, uh, this is Sergei and Vasily. Uh, Sergei, this is Vadim, who I've spoken of. Yeah, I've I see that. Uh, this is the man, an old friend. You claim, he says not claim. No, this is 
I know him very well. Thank you all for doing some things to help out. I was informed by Eugenie that a baby was delivered and uh, trenches dug and other things done around and cooking and the such. It's, it is nice to see people who have come from different backgrounds and not Russian helping Russian people. I, um, for this, I thank you. It's, uh, it, is, it was nice to see. It was no trouble at all. Um, thank you for taking us in. We, we just, trivial stuff, trivial. The situation at the train last night was um, unfortunate. But uh, Eugeni assures me that he had not seen Vadim or he would have been able to stop some of the, uh, the unfortunate situation from occurring even the way it did. So this is on us too. We sent men on that train to track the three of you potentially kidnap and take you. It's understandable now why Eugenie's friend and, and Vadim acted the way he did. So I can only say that uh, while I am sad to lose some operatives, it is good to understand a little bit better of what was going on. They will be remembered. Vasily shakes his head and he says... Vadim does as well. Yeah. He says, but uh, please, uh, I would love to be introduced. So he introduces himself. Uh, his name is Sergei Lenikov and... Um, He's, you know, he was about to go into something and you, you see Vasily kind of put his arm on his hand on his arm. And he says, if I may, before we become dear friends, there's few things I need to know. I was aware when you first arrived that you had brought a plane, a German plane into Moscow and that that plane had been inspected by Several members, uh, let us say, good friends of the Comrade Stalin. Now, it was not long after that that I myself became, I fell out of favor. But why now? Why are you here on a train? And on a train as passengers, not as camp refugees. Comrade, if I may say, they landed uh, clandestinely in airfield of Leningrad, not Moscow. Well... I apologize. It's that is important fact. They were not trying to be found. Is he speaking English or is he speaking yes. Russian? He's speaking English. All right. Then and Jack says, I think it, it is an important point to mention that I did not arrive with these other people, as it were, and my agenda is my own. I came to kill the bear. I was called upon to visit this town of yours to kill this bear that is supposedly plaguing people. Yes, we've uh, we've been told by Eugeni that you said something about bear in uh, Tomsk. Your your name is Cavendish. You are Jack Cavendish, yes? Yes, yes. You know me, I'm a big game hunter. Well, we've learned a little bit more, but there are some things we still have questions with, sir. The who invited you to come kill this bear? Ah, uh, it was. It was a previous client who had come to my Kubelwaze to hunt big game down in Kenya, where I live. Ah, uh, his name escapes me at the moment. What is his name? In, was, it, name? Uh, was it Lazar? Yes, it was Lazar... Something Gangi? Gangi? Oh, Lazar Kaganovich. Lazar Kaganovich. Yes, I'm sorry. He was he was uh he was an acquaintance that had come and hunt down on our lands, and uh, 
they were so impressed by our organization, our outfit, as it were, that he knew that I traveled across the globe hunting and promoting my father's lands, Lord Cavendish, that uh, he wanted to have me come and kill the bear. And, you know, as a man who seeks adventure and travels the world, I, of course, said, yes, I had not seen your country or your people. And so I came. I care nothing for your politics. I am devoid of such things. But you came at the request of a member of the committee. They bring no Russian can kill a bear. This is not... I came at the request of payment. They offered to pay me to come and kill a bear that apparently no one could kill. I see. Well, and ladies, you came into Russia clandestinely, clandestine, as Madam said. What would be the reason for sneaking into a place like this now? We are, let's say, not most tourists' first choice. I quickly look at... um... Faye and, and Ella, and I say, we're treasure hunters. Yes, we we're here serve- for an archaeological find. Yes. Faye is an archaeologist by trade. Ella is a scholar who is well-versed in all things preternatural. Ritualistic and uh, yes. all strange things of the universe. She's She's well-learned and... I'm here to patch them up and make sure things go smoothly. We're Catherine's here my personal doctor. Yes. Well, can only say what I saw and read. I, I don't know all these things. Our, our treasure in Russia right now is what could you, what possibly could be of, of interest? I don't understand. And I'm not trying, please, under you know, Believe me, we we are not we are not the type of people to look a gift horse in the mouth, as they say in your country and from the Great West, uh, the Bang Bang movies. Yes, but Bang, but sure, you must understand that your connection to Stalin is strong at this point. You're on train with papers saying that you can travel, obviously, or you would have been arrested, and you've been in paper. Even out here, they have told me, because I've fortunately been detained, that it was even written up that you were at some point to be hosted at a, an event, a gala or something. And now here you are. And I just don't understand how you've been sir? able to don't look. Are you spies? Do you work for another government? What? No, sir. Yes, may I? In front of you, you see three women. When we arrived to Russia, we men. were alone. <laughs> yes. But when we arrived to Russia... It was just the three of us, and I signaled to Ella and Catherine. Vada met us here at the request of a mutual contact. Jack Cavendish was a serendipitous meeting. My colleagues and I did what we had to do to survive. I'm sure that you would also do whatever you needed to do to survive or to keep people that you care about safe. That is why we were connected with Stalin. Trust us, we... If there was any other way, we would have taken it. We don't like the guy. Oh, yes. Uh, are we intended to fly in secretly and meet with Vadim through that mutual contact we share under a guise of being journalists and thus we had papers and when, you know, Stalin and his 
people took the plane, it was they didn't they couldn't understand why we had it. So, and we couldn't tell them our real purpose, so they're like, oh, American journalists from the West. That's crazy, isn't it? Wow, we have your plane now, and let's throw a party, and we were invited, and it was terrible experience for everyone. Uh, so this, he looks at you, Ella, he says, this thing that you're here for, where, why are you heading into Siberia? Is it here? Is it? Uh, is it something... What are you after that would make you be on that train? Is is this your mission here? Out here in the middle of nowhere? She looks contemplative because she's trying to think through the phrasing. Yes. Yes, it is. And where would this thing be if you wouldn't mind? It's just We want to make sure we can safely let you go without giving away too much of our operation here. You can understand. So just please, where are you headed, ma'am? I looked at the girls like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to tell these people, because br- right now we haven't trusted anyone since we got off the plane, besides Vadim, and even, like, yeah, Jack has been a part of the conversation, but at the same time, it's like, what do I tell these people? We're heading to Tomsk. There's a relic that we've read about that we need for our travels, and that's where it is. Oh, the dig there. You're actually going to that dig. That's the one. So this is what brought you all the way from somewhere else into Russia to see this this dig, huh? That's interesting. Well, you we know, were only in Nepal, but yes. Only in Nepal. <laughs> That's no. still quite a distance. I've done um, worse. I'm sure you have. You see, what's interesting about Thompson's dig is that uh, Comrade Stalin himself boarded that very same train line that you were on. Those tracks 13 months ago carried him out here. And um, he wanted to inspect this this cave, this dig himself. Uh, he went in. I was not there, but the reports and things that were said from some of the men who were on the train there and back that claimed that he went inside the cave with eight guards, no one else, flashlight. And when he emerged, there was only himself. No one else had uh, come out. You know, you understand. When he eight returned people. and... Duh. He says, and when he returned, he began to write letters, uh, asking his old warlord contacts in Crimea to come come to him. And uh, they began having secret meetings. This is not uncommon for him. He, he is a man who is clandestine, who does things his own way. But he started pulling on people with terrible reputations, bringing them to the city. Within several weeks, the OGPU went from being just a small organization to being tied in directly to the police, having access to all of their records, having access to their interrogation centers and, and their equipment. And the OGPU came to actually displace the regular police force. The little green men started to become far more dangerous. You understand? He, uh, he and his men, these friends of his, then enacted a program entitled The Removal, where anyone for any reason, could be grabbed, bagged, taken away from their families, and to ask any questions, to inquire about them in any way, shape, or form would be an act of treason against the state. This is, uh, this is made for a terrible repercussions in the city as Vadim will share, because rapists, murderers, thugs, they can just snatch people up and dispose of them. There's no questions. Families would be afraid were they grabbed by uh, a nefarious person or perhaps by the state. How do you ask the question if you would be next? Yeah, it causes all kinds of confusion and 
it's allowing almost uh, the criminal element to go from just being a smugglers who do this to survive to hardcore criminals preying upon the workers and the prolet, you know, of the state. And if this wasn't bad enough, he then started to go after the churches. He said that the churches must be shut down, that the priests had to all be eradicated. Many have already taken this, these, this very same train tracks that he took to be sent to Tomsk and other camps uh, to never return. Some, I doubt, even made the train. They probably were just executed if they were outspoken. But this is not the style. This is not normal. This is not normal behavior. Even for him, he was he was trained to be better than this in some ways. Uh, yes, an enforcer. Yes, someone who had a reputation for being a strong arm, to say the least. But to erratic, uh, impulsive, without a plan, or a mix, seeming like he has no plan. No, no. There's something far worse than this. He uh, and then. Just before I was grabbed, we had the major fight. This is, this is why he put me into um, OGPU dis- detention center because he issues an edict saying that we are to stop all production of oil, crude production in Crimea. Um, we just built uh, only a year ago. We only finished uh, several large oil containers, uh, storage facility, yeah, holding millions of gallons of oil. Because we are trying to catch up with the West. We are trying to industrialize and become a modern civilization. And he says it all stops. He shut down the entire oil production. No more drilling. No more tapping into the earth, he said. No more dragging away what the earth is precious to it. Uh, I argued with him. I said the money was spent. Well, we've done this. We are trying to achieve a goal. This is counterproductive to the, what Lenin and, and he and all the rest of us had seen. To make a Russia where everyone is fed and everyone one day, right? This is the this was the plan, but he didn't. Uh, he became angry, incensed, violent. Told me to get out, and within hours I had been grabbed. So you see, my friends, is there is a lot of things that are confusing right now, and we, that is why we ask so many questions. The man who the papers claimed you were working with and for, he is. It's not him. It's not the same man. And if it is the same man, then he has, something has gone terribly wrong with him. The vision is going. He's countermining his own orders. He looks at uh, Sergei and says, how do you explain to someone that you were a brother one time? And then he cast you into the grave. And Sergei said, I never supported the son of a bitch. I hate him. But I know you were close. And with what you know, maybe we can find a way to strike at him. So Vasily is was definitely part of the inner inner circle, but they grabbed him after talking with his family that he would cooperate. So they knew the time. They 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 just kept their spies on top of it. They were able to get him off the train, and now they're hoping to pump him for information on maybe how they can get closer to Stalin or figure out where is he weakest, when is he vulnerable, anything to try to make a hit on this guy. Now this is all part of a real rebellion that tried to get set off in Russia. Uh, the, it's called the uh, the Vasily uprising and um we'll find out what happened with it but as you know stalin went on for some time so probably not successful but but they did they were trying they did grab this guy and and try to use him to get closer to the guy to stalin i'm trying to think um during the uh during the the dinner and the breakfast Uh uh-huh we we overheard talk or had talk with somebody um who was inferring 
that Stalin had some sort of affliction. Yep. Uh, some sort of Brazilovich. Uh, yeah, Brazilovich was telling me that, right? In yep. in in like confidence. Yeah, he said that, he actually uh, saw him shed like tears sort of, of blood. Bloodletting, exactly. Um, so Vadim says to you know Vasily, um, I, I've heard the rumor that uh, Stalin cries tears of blood, that uh, that he has affliction, afflicted something. Maybe this is connected. Tears of blood. This is that is uh, that is a, definitely I, a, a scary omen. I I. I it, it sounds like nonsense. You just you certainly push those things aside. But after you speak of man entering cave and different man coming out of cave, uh, and you... and uh, tr- trust me, some of the things I have heard and seen with these these incredible women, I am beginning to think uh, many things are possible and strange. What kind of affliction was this? Uh, who are you asking, uh, Ella? I'm a- I'm asking Vadim because I don't oh. know if that oh. came up in conversation. The, uh, dur- during the dinner, one of one of the people, shall I say, was telling me that uh, there are rumors within his inner circle uh, that he um, that he is afflicted and that he cries tears of blood. Huh. Interesting. Has he been in contact with any? Uh... Oh wait. Sorry. I will keep that to myself for a minute. There could be a lot of possibilities for tears of blood. Also, it could be a sign of an omen. And she starts going into, like, this history ramble in her head of, like, well, it could be that. But no, oh, wait. It, if he had it, made contact with an artifact with supreme power. And she goes on and on and on, and it's like, oh, yeah. Do you... He, he looks at you and he says, and then he looks back at Vadim and he's like, is she well? Oh, I'm perfectly well, darling. Um, I'm just wondering... Do, before this tears of blood thing happened, was he touching anything per se old or interesting, like a like a book or perhaps a statue of perhaps a demon god? Does anybody know these things? I have no idea where the information what? goes in this country, to be honest. I'm, I'm just Ella. asking. Ella, what? remember what the it's artifact... an honest question. Ella, remember what the artifact is too. What? Remember what, what the. That... I do not understand why. What is this demon thing? What? A statue? She's calling upon previous experience. I'm sure that nothing like that is happening here so specifically. She's pontificating, dear man. Pontificating. Good. I do have a question to a much larger. I can't speak for myself, people. You know, I I can speak for myself, but whatever I shall be content. In my disknowledge at the moment. Okay. Jack, you were saying something? Yes, my, my question is a larger one. And, it, and, it, and it's something that perhaps maybe you can shed some light on, as I am a foreigner with no dog in the fight, per se. What is to be gained by locking down an entire country this size, of all of its varied people, treating them like slaves, killing them at will? What is to be gained by ruling such a land where people are slaves that want to escape. It it seems quite sad, really. That has never happened with the British Empire? No, I don't, I don't think in this vein. I'm sure that we have made our mistakes, but never to this extent. I am not, uh, maybe not so good in Western history, but I remember, I remember there are several 
several times that uh, perhaps a schoolmaster had mentioned something about, you know, the the might of uh, the English and their navies and the places they went and the people they exploited. Uh, shame of it is, Stalin just is doing it to his own people. You had a, your country had a pension to do it to others. Yes, perhaps that is the difference. We enlightened others <laughs> rather than attacking our own. I, enlightened, I, am, I love it. I, I see, yes. Bringing light to the darkness, as it were. Oh, man, there is no light here. Um, as you say, Mr. Jack Cavendish, the, uh, to prey upon your own people is, is a fiendish result. And when I knew that this man was not to be any more reasoned with and there was no way I would ever be able to help bring about Lenin's vision properly the way that we had always hoped and, and dreamt of, uh, it was only a matter of time before I was going to be taken. There's no process of law, no, what do you call it, corpus hopus uh, in the West, but uh, we need to do something. I'm fortunate that I've been given an opportunity to possibly help these gentlemen uh, find a way closer to him and end this. Do you, he looks back at you, Ella, and he says, truly think there is something else going on here than what? You think whatever was he examined may have made him ill? It's possible. I mean, there are stranger things to happen. But I wouldn't know unless I actually saw it or was speaking to one of his people or found artifacts related to this man and gleaned information from them. But again, I have no access to such things because we have been in a information blackout since we arrived. So I, I cannot say for certain. Vadim is feeling somewhat conflicted. Okay. Because he is a great hater of Stalin. Um, really of the whole revolution, but that's less important. It's more of what has happened in the last few years. Right. Um, so I, I just say that as a precursor before I speak. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> just the drum roll. Let, uh, let me just set this up. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. <laughs> Comrade uh, Vasily, um, I, I feel compelled to say, within the last 24 hours, I have been in the presence of Stalin himself and uh, quite close conversations with a Mr. Brazolovich, a quite monstrous person who I would be happy to dispatch from this planet. Maybe, maybe I could help. Well, this is, uh, this is interesting news. Um, was it, uh... In my business, uh, the most important thing to have is an inside man. So, may I just speculate with you a minute, Mr. Uh, Gavrilov? Was it this Brazilovich, this pig, and I know who he is, was it him who happened to share or give you the information about the tears of blood just for the record between it you is. and I well he would know he is a, a, a blowhard uh, an egotistical fool in my opinion it is him who uh, set us free with this idea of this plane which we gladly fell into and gladly went along with as we were on a path to <laughs> never see the light of day but this man trying to score points with his boss twisted this tale of 
this plane being delivered and these new heroines of the great cause. I see. If you just give us, uh, this is a lot to digest. And we obviously have some plans of our own that we have to consolidate and, and set down. We have people that we need to dispatch and messages we need to move about uh, the train last night. We're sure that eventually the soldiers are going to come looking. So we've been laying traps and ambushes with some of our operatives throughout the night to cover the fields. But there will only be a matter of time before this farmstead is no longer viable to us. But before we move, we'd like to know what to do with all of you. Mr. Jack Cavendish, you have uh, a bear that needs to be killed. And the rest of you are looking for an item that perhaps is or appears to be part of the dig in Tomsk. Give us a few, a few hours to see what we can do about helping you all get on your way. We also need to make a couple of uh, calls just to verify some parts of your story. Uh, we trust you, Mr. Vadim Gavrilov. We know Eugenie has uh, personally vouched for you and the girls. The ladies forgive. But uh, I'm sure you can understand a little bit of hesitancy. We just wish to make sure there's nothing strange afoot besides what appears to be the obvious, that Stalin may not be himself. Uh, so please, Eugenie, show them out. Uh, we will be in touch very shortly. We will get back to you. Thank you so much for your time. So you're all dismissed from the house. Uh, you make your way out. This is the time. So Faye had pointed at a good point. Uh, we really kind of need to get together about some of these theories. So I will allow you guys to do that. So you can talk amongst yourselves for a little bit as they start trying to do what they can about peeling through these layers of what's going on. I would like to briefly open this discussion by saying, Ella, I'm sorry. I'm trying to not get shot in Russia because we say the wrong thing at the wrong time. That's all. Superstitious people. Okay. Yes. Well, I think that they are kind of uh, right to be a little superstitious because I think some uh, weird shit is happening up yeah. in Tomsk. Um, Didn't... Because I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you've ever been on an archaeological dig before. I've been on many in my uh, short life. Um, normally, uh, when you bring a group down, it's very rare that there's only one lone survivor and one lone survivor that is as powerful as Stalin is. Sure, you lose one or two people here and there. People fall. People get crushed by rocks. Not important. The important part is, is that I think that he brought those people down there as a offering sacrifice to get power and now he's bringing a bunch of people up in the area yeah. that he's just funneling them good. all up there yeah How no this we... is really not good and especially yeah. because members of the golden dawn have been spotted here Pessoa didn't tell us why he was here i mean obviously why wouldn't why would he he doesn't owe us that he just said that he was brought here by a friend they could I don't be, know. None of this. They could be infiltrated. All, they could be infiltrated all the way to the top. Yeah. No. Idea. I think. Uh, in conclusion, um, I think that some weird shit is happening. Uh, I don't think it's good. I think it's going to get worse. And I think that we need to get up to Tomsk as soon as possible so we can maybe stop this. I don't even think it's about the. I so, mean, yeah, we need to get the the thing, but I think that we need to stop whatever the hell is going on here. So do we want to try to lean into these people to um, to try to help to help us get there? To help us get there, sure. Here's here's the thing. They're going to want something in return, I think. I delivered a baby. We don't have this kind of time. I'm concerned about the fact that what happens if the artifact is in that cave 
and we go in and only one of us come like this is we need to know much more there need we need to look into potential protection measures i'm sounding you know we've had a couple blissful weeks of no like heebie-jeebie spooky shit Spooky shit could be coming again. Unless you would like to get and... me to a library so that I can actually find something out about these accursed objects, then I don't see what we can do to protect ourselves, because it could be demonic in nature, it could be heavenly, or perhaps even pagan in nature. Who can say? I do not. All we know is that it's what it is. It's Scythian, and the Scythians had their own shamanic rituals and such that I have not yet studied, and I would need hours... Guess what? We are here in a rebel camp where we're not going to get that kind of info. So if you've got a bright idea about protection, Catherine, please let me know. I do not think that uh, that would be anywhere here. If, if I may, it, it, it seems to me that we have parallel lines that appear to be merging, much like ley lines. And many of the answers you're seeking will lie in the same town that I need to go to to hunt my bear. And I'm starting to wonder if said bear is in fact a bear. Or is not perhaps entangled in your own tail. I was, I, I've, been thinking, I've been thinking about yeah, <laughs> Faye and I speaking in unison. There, we've been thinking the same thing. <laughs> Mister Cavendish, of you, um, you keep speaking of your job to kill bear, but uh, how exactly are you going to return to your employers? Well, I mean, the original plan was to kill the bear and then go back to where I came from via train, received my payment, and go home, quite honestly. You, but as we all know, that path has now gone, and any chance have, uh, of me bringing revenue in has disappeared. You, you have saying um, you, you have cast lot? Well, I don't know if that's my saying, but it seems that that might be the way it is, old boy. My lot, as you say, appears to be cast with you individuals and... You had my back on the train, and I shall have yours. Please understand, Jack. Uh, I have grown, I have grown respect for you, this man and fighter. I, I think you might be in danger if you try to return and hunt your bear like nothing has happened. You may be right. I do not like this land. I do not like these, pardon myself, but I do not like these people. Not the people themselves. I hold nothing against them personally. But they're under a yoke, a yoke that keeps them scared. And a scared people are a dangerous people. I also think you're just in danger from hunting the bear yourself. I know that I know that you're experienced and I know that you're a big game hunter. And I have no doubt about your ability. We saw you at the train. You were amazing. But if this creature is connected to something otherworldly, when... Ella, Catherine, and I were in the mountains with our other two compatriots. I took down this big cat that was unlike anything I've ever seen before. It was enhanced. It, was, it wasn't right. It wasn't normal. It took a lot to bring it down. And I think that the bear is going to be something very similar to that. And I well, just I worry just about say your well-being. I'm a bit of a fatalist. As far as life goes, I've grown up in nothing but a dangerous place where I could die almost every day. I'm not going to fear my life. I'm not going to fear the future. I'm going to live it to its fullest. And the day that I am to die, I will die and I will go to my people. Yeah, yeah. If our paths have crossed as it is, then 
I will bring my skills to bear in your behalf. That is at all helpful to you. And I will ask for your help in return if we do encounter the bear and help is needed. Of course. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Catherine, you look a bit ill, pale perhaps. I, I She doesn't like the heebie-jeebie monsters. I've been uncomfortable consistently for months. It's just, it's my natural face at this point. Perhaps one day you will find rest. I think I'll die. Um, I think that will be the day that I'm not to be fatalistic like Mr. Cavendish here, but my friend, with the things that I've seen, the day that I find peace will most likely be, you know, the day that I, the day that I die. Final you may rest? very well be right. All right, Ella. So you you are obviously there's there's something uh, of a mystical or you know preternatural per, uh, nature going on. So the only way this is really going to be able to help you with, or you're going to be able to be helpful without the books that you need to do your research is going to be getting closer to the item and uh, perhaps doing the uh, the eyeball roll up into your head with your clairvoyance to try to get some sort of a read on something, which we know that you're not really thrilled about doing because you've had some terrible reads that way. But I would Tom's is not a big city. I would touch things that people around the object have done. Like, I'd like to see what it does to them, not Excellent. touch it. Good. That's good to keep in mind. So if getting to Tom's is going to give you a chance to talk to whoever's in charge of the dig. And I just want to make it clear for the the listeners, because again, I was doing a, a broken Russian accent. Um, Faye brought up a point that Stalin went in and, you know, part of this dig and came out with eight people. The item had, the artifact had already been seen and unearthed. The artifact was already, it, it was still in its, it would be like um, Howard Carter's Tut's tomb. He opened it, looked in, actually he opened it, walked in, r- ran back out and kind of, cause they weren't supposed to go without the Egyptology people of Cairo to actually go all the way in. And then he kind of uh, thing back in the day too. Ugh. Yeah, he he cracked a lower block, skinnied his way in, looked around, and went, "Oh my god!" And they ran back out, put the block back in. Um, so that's sure sort that of what happened. It. it was funny. Yeah, right. So that's sort of what happened here. They they dug in, they found something, um, and at first they weren't even they didn't even think it was that important. Like okay, and as they started to find more and more objects, and the the the, the items it became very, very apparent that this was something special. Stalin got on the train, made his way out here. Again, this guy, as he said, Vasily Safranovich was like, not even sure why he did it. He just, he came out and he went in to examine the, the, the dig site itself. He said, no one come with me. Just me and these eight guards are going in wherever, however deep or wherever it was. And then he came out without them. So it wasn't like he was part of the actual digging process, but he witnessed or went in and, and saw the items and came out alone. And of course, nobody questioned him. They, they just kind of looked around and everybody's like, well, does anybody know where they went? And the answer was no. So he got back on the train and came home. So that's that, if that clarifies it, because I don't want you to think he was like, you know, I want to be there when they, when the, you know, they touch it for the first time. It wasn't like that. It was definitely different. It, you know, he went to examine a, fa- you know, a dig that was three quarters of the way done. And they were like, oh, we've got a little bit more to go, but look at all these great things we found. I want to see them by myself. And that's when this all happened. And, you know, as the way it, it seems to be piecing together. I'm also getting flashbacks to uh, being uh, 14 in South America and it was a dig and people yeah. were getting sacrificed. And so I, I'm thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, listen, it's, you know, this is a terrible thing to have happen. I mean, it's never good when, when people start dying on digs. That's, that's always a, it's, that's a critically bad thing to have happen. All right. Um, dinner is served. Uh, the kitchens whip up at a really, really nice thin cabbage soup. Um and some sort of a root vegetable that's not cooked. Uh, that you gassy can... tomorrow. 
<laughs> it's going to be a war. We're going to need tonight. that privy. <laughs> Nothing like raw radishes. Yep, raw radish and a and a nice cabbage, a a, a, a Vichy soie cabbage soup. Uh, just something served with uh, three day old unprocessed milk. The surprise right. is that day- it actually contains a radish. <laughs> three day old, yeah, three day old uh, milk with some cabbage floating in it. Vichy soie, very nice. No, it's it's a little bit more processed than that, but really not not much. Catherine, you know, you're able you you go about some other people call you over to another tent. It's not a birth. It's a woman who she and her husband were fighting and she stabbed him with a fork in his face. So you have to stitch him up. Was the fork in his face still? Yeah. That's delightful. Is it? No, I haven't had Good that. Strong yet. woman. Yeah. Right. Give me a sanity check, Catherine. Meaning it's Catherine has what, like a sanity of 12 at this point? No, it's it's not. You're not going to lose any sanity. I'm asking you just please do a sanity check. What's your role? No, she's good. Clearly, she's going to lose some sanity. Look at that face. <laughs> it's a 95, sir. 96 is worse, so that's fine. Oh. So what you did was you you have such an odd sense of humor and you've seen so many terrible things along the way that when you walk in, you do the little diver on the fork. Bing. You, you, you just... You say, ah! He screams, and you're like, "Oh, it's really in there." Um, I'm so sorry. Uh, and you go ahead and yank the fork out and and patch him up. But yes, See, you give the little, the little. It's you know what it is. It's medical people are kind of sick, sick anyway. Absolutely, and that's exactly right. I haven't had a fork in the face before. <laughs> it's my first fork in the face. Please stop saying that. You've had full fist in mouth. <laughs> um. GSW's knife wound. It's a no frontal forking. Yet. Yes. I can't. I can't be here anymore. Full frontal forking. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's what we hear as she comes out of the tent. I can't be here anymore. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> just, I just drop yes. the fork off in the kitchen and say, wash well, please. One of the tines is bent where it hit the cheekbone. It's just not. She, I mean, she's, she went hard. Can we, what was the fight about? You can ask her. She goes off in just 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 a tangent of Russian, right? About you know pig fucker and all this other stuff. You really aren't oh. sure. It's all kinds right. of terrible things. We are in the country, <laughs> so get um, bottom in there. I will. I need to know. That's Faye. I gotta know. You know, but isn't that Faye in general? I gotta know. Joel, I don't want to know. That. I gotta know. <laughs> Is this bringing back? Flashbacks of Philema. I just gotta know. Listen. I just have to know. Even if it destroys all of our minds, I just have to know. Hey, it only destroyed <laughs> one of our minds, and that was yours truly, okay? You guys uh, I have to do a terrible thing. Yeah, we know. Okay, great, and I witnessed it. So who suffered more? Oh, there, there's also right. the future bride reveal, too. That was nice. Oh, yeah. Well, and da, da, isn't da, that magnificent? Everybody always conveniently forgets. Oh, no, I, there was don't. a badass circle of protection there. Let's not there forget was. that. Okay. <laughs> I, everything that Scott is saying today, I am laughing at. No, it was a badass never, circle of protection. I never appreciated John more than in that moment. Loved him so he came in clutch. You kept uh, my um, demon dad. My, yeah, babe. yeah, and that wow. uh, that shadow that claims he's going to marry me. You know, kept him away from me. Bless your heart. The schooly circle of love and protection. Oh, I miss it. What's that? I'm still so upset that I missed that episode for whatever reason. 
Oh, or you were screaming, you were screaming bloody murder up up top. Yeah. Orange waving. Hey, you were there in spirit. You were shooting my demon mom. Um, for the younger generation, talking about badass circles of protection, I can't get the image out of my mind of SpongeBob in that sea bear episode. Oh, the best. Oh yeah. Oh, the best. Let <laughs> our sea bear circle. Yeah. I just that's now my, my older bear, daughter and I laughed for circle. hours at that episode. We, that's more of an oval. Oh, that's so good. So, <laughs> so now I'm just imagining John Schooley looking at the rest of us going, get inside my sea bear circle. He did the circle know, twice might, then because he, he also did it like with a thakwa. <laughs> well, he, yes, he also did it with a thakwa. Exactly. Sea that bear. sounds so wrong. Did it with True. a thakwa. Exactly. Well, um, well you kind of did. You called him pretty and then <laughs> sent him off to kill some of your enemies. Brown, brown, brown. <laughs> at, about eight, at about eight at about eight thirty at evolved. night. Well, that's okay. At about eight thirty at night, um, Eugenie comes back over and uh, he, you know, you're sitting out there. You, you, of course, you have several. You have some milk jugs full of, or you know, these kind of things. Glasses, large glasses filled with uh, whatever they're passing off as vodka, but uh, to the masses in the in the field. And uh, Eugenie comes over to Vadim and he says, "Tomorrow we start to move." Um, They've made some decisions about uh, about uh, allowing you to go further to Tomsk. Uh, they would like to speak to all of you if uh, you have a moment, if you can give them a moment. Lead the way. I want you to know that uh, they had many questions for me about your past, but I was honest and I told them that you were again. I, I reiterated many times that you are you were a good man, and the things you did, you did because there's no choice in the cities, right? You. The family, the people of your community, you need things and you were providing, you did a service. And this this definitely, I think, made them a little bit more understanding. And he brings you to the farmhouse. Vadim puts his hand on his shoulder and says, you're a good friend, you gave me. Well, I don't know if it's enough, but... Uh, Whatever happens. Uh, thank you, Vadim. And I, uh, I, I, I swear to you, if there was anything else I could have said, I would have. But I, I think it, I made it very clear. I did what I could. So you guys, uh, the, the five of you head up the stairs. Uh, the house is lit now. It's all by candles. Uh, you do see them that, that a lot of the supplies are being put into the, uh, the cart she has uh, outside. Like they're trying to stock up anything that they grab from the train that's carryable. Um, families are being notified that, you know, tomorrow morning it's tents down immediately at, before sun, sunrise. Roll everything up and we're going to start walking. Uh, they're going to try to get to another another camp that they're that they've you know forewarned people they were heading for it's it's all part of this they they know that the military's not going to wait forever they're going to start searching and the few that did go out in the first search they were able to kill but it's it, they're going to get overrun so long story short you're brought back up to the room they're all sitting there and uh, Maritza again this time she's in a chair though and sitting and uh he says please come in and it's Sergey talking at first he says uh and if you would shut the door please so you guys come in shut the door you all sit down and uh, he says, we have had long discussion about uh, the story uh, of what has happened to you so far and how you were caught up in the tale of the, about the plane and, and potentially used uh, information that was falsified for the paper. We know that these things can happen. We are, uh, we've taken all that into account. We, uh, Ganey has talked to us and, said everything he could say. But unfortunately, and Maritza leans forward. Sergei stops for a minute and she's whispering in Vasily's ear. And he stops and looks back at her and he says, 
Well, it would be at least an answer. We would be able to, and you're willing to do this. She nods. He says, may I uh, interrupt you, good friend, uh, Sergei? May I speak? Of course. Has something changed? We're going to let you go to Tomsk. We're going to uh, believe everything you have said. There is a small condition. You will take Maritza with you. Uh, she will stay in touch with us in contact. And um, she will keep an eye on some things for a little while. Until we are clear of this place and we know that you can do us no damage and danger. Uh, once we have relocated everyone safely, should you report us, what is there to say? They already know that I am free. They know that there are men like Ugeni and Sergei who are helping and who have uh, a great wish to remove Comrade Stalin. But as long as we can get these people to safety, we can then let Maritza know when it is safe for her to return and that you've been put into Tomsk and can do no damage. Comrade Vasily, how long will it take you to move from camp? Some time. We have uh, uh, some old and infirm and some small children, maybe 20 or 30, so it will not be quick. But in that time, we will put you on the road to Tomsk and um, because get you there safely. I, may I say, uh, we will report you, because that is the only way that we can curry favor. But if you can tell me when you will be gone from here, we can use this information and not be a danger to you. We will be gone as of tomorrow. When you leave, we leave. Only Moritza will know the general area on which we go. Good. But she will also be able to get you safely through to Tomsk. Our other option was to bury you here, which was not something we were overly fond of having to do. But I have too many people that... Uh, I have a whole nation that is hoping that we are successful. Mm. Um, Would have been unfortunate to lose more people, too. Because I guarantee you, I do not bury easily. I uh, I have no doubt of your prowess. Believe me, it was not uh, something, like I said, we were hoping to do. Uh, you do notice that Maritza is carrying. Um, like, you can see it in her jacket's all bulged up now that you're actually looking. It what does Maritza a... look like again? She's the redhead, correct? Correct. She's middle-aged, or what is her? No, younger. She's like late 20s. Attractive? Well, it's it's been six minutes since you probably rubbed one out, so yeah. Knowing the way Jack Cavendish is, um, unbelievable. I must say, it's just it's just unbelievable I that you say such things. Did not. I will personally that image. ensure her safety. Six minutes and counting. So I don't know. Yes, she's very pretty. Oh, I look see at no that reason cricket. why she catches. It's amazing, you guys. I cricketed all of you. Nothing but silence. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> Finally, the keeper gets one over where nobody screams, yells. It's just dead silence. <laughs> I wrote Fine. my two cents in the chat. <laughs> All I wrote. Jack, I see no reason why she cannot go along I with said us. That I, out loud. It's a it's a cold night, and I'm sure she can come in handy in some way and right. helping no, us learn excellent. the land. No, no. <laughs> All right. So yes, uh, why, Jack? Are you thinking of just? Jack, was there something you wanted to say to her when you asked about her looks or her overall appearance? Uh, no, I just wanted to find out whether, uh, you know, how Jack would feel about her coming along. Obviously, oh. her being more advantageous works for him. But, uh, you know, I mean, if she was going to look like a prison guard, a 70-year-old prison guard the size of a tree, then he would be like, eh, wonderful, just wonderful. 
All right. No, she's uh yeah, she's she's an operative. She's you know, she'll she looks like one of you know, f- from this area of Russia. Actually, Vadim probably notices more than anything else. She looks more to this this area. Like uh, you know, there's different Russia's huge and it was settled by many different peoples uh throughout their long history, right? This area of Siberia though, they they have a certain kind of look. They're a little bit bigger, right. like sort of like Rasputin was a giant compared to everybody else, you know, from he was from Siberia. They're just a different they're a different breed, they're a hardier group. And uh, she looks like she's definitely from this, this like the stock of these people. Kind of a redheaded sailor, do. Oh, fine. We'll, you will, yes, we'll do. <laughs> Farmer's daughter, Jack. That's all you got to know. Farmer's daughter. Yeah. All the women in Jack's company need to be attractive. Well, all of them are so far. So that's excellent. Oh, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm well accompanied. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. Moving on. So um, he says, um, but it's also. Let us know if your friend, and he points to you, Ella. He says, uh, she's able to look at anything and help us understand the madness that has come over Stalin. It may give us an edge. Maybe we can lure him with some other item if he is truly, how do you say, compromised. We might be able to falsify a report, potentially get him and maybe some others back out here to see or do to look at something and we can take him out uh, that way. Of course, this would take some, some doing, but not out of the realm of possibility. If he is truly, truly is uh, connected to this dig as it seems, maybe we can exploit that. Very well. Um, you'll leave at first light. So since there's not much more for us to say here, unless you have any questions, uh, I'd like to uh, pour a drink, toast you and the success of you reaching this, your town and uh, acquiring this thing that you are so desperate to find. Maritza, please, the bottle. So they pour our drinks, and... Um, the Strovia. The Strovia. He, they clink glasses, clinky, clinky, the whole bit. Catherine, do you clinky? Catherine does a clinky, clinky. I'm sure Ella does a clinky, clinky. Jack opens up and passes around a, offers around a uh, African cigarette. Keenan oh, lovely. Cigarette. Yes, I'll, I will take a... a... A key, a key Can everybody make a con roll, please? Yeah, do you sure. do you offer the cigarette case? Like you open the case and offer <laughs> no, it? No, not the case. Just no, no, no. Like you open your case and like so somebody can pull a cigarette out of the case? Yes, yeah, yeah. Vadim yeah. pulls two and puts one behind his ear. Nice. <laughs> con wow, checks. I am not doing great tonight. 94. I'm coughing the whole time, but I manage. Coughing? Your eyes are red and there's snot coming out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. Jack oh, just got shit-faced. No. Holy moly. Was that for the cigarette? He's That's a nasty drunk, one. that one. He's right. a bad drunk. Uh, Faye rolled a 99, I, so I, I'm right there with holy him. Holy crap. Oh, my what are you, I am so used to drinking Siberian gut rot. I rolled 36. I am fine. And what did you I roll, I also Ella? failed it, but only by seven points. So oh, I don't think a, I'm going to okay. get shit-faced. Like, no. I will be like, ooh, yeah, look, my head's floaty. So we have one vomiter and one passed out drunk. It was one for, it was mostly for the cigarette. Oh. Um, but since Jack's been smoking them since he was about three, obviously <laughs> him, it's the booze. So it ends up that there's more drinks poured. Uh, Eugenie comes in, he has a drink. Catherine's still trying to find out where oxygen in the room might be kept. She, <laughs> even though she's sticking. <laughs> She's sticking her face into every place where she thinks, maybe some in the corner. <laughs> um, the front of her shirt is just covered in snots. Uh, face, I'm face, so pretty right now. 
Faye's giggling and her shoes are off, and she's asking if uh, Vasily would like to drink out of her shoe. Ella's just kind of <laughs> looking at Vadim going, what the hell? And uh, Vadim, Jack- will, uh, Vadim will hold Catherine's header back. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's very nice. Um, Jack, what is your appearance? When she throws up, is that's the inference. appearance <laughs> is a 75. Just holding. All right, hold on one second. 75. That's fabulous. 75. He's a good-looking chap, that one. Yeah, he's well, got that... piercing blue eyes. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a looker, I suppose. That is an 11, which is a super critical success. On the... What was that roll for? I'll tell you in one second. Oh. The redhead's about to give you goo-goo eyes. 32. The, this has been going on now for a little... Like it, This was all supposed to just be a simple toast, but by the time <laughs> it's all over, someone's brought in the old lady's record player. They're doing yeah. Russian. They're doing Russian cabaret music, which doesn't sound nice at all. It's really uncomfortable. And I'm still vibing. Right. And the headboard <laughs> from the room next door is banging up against the wall as Jack and Maritza. Well, actually, as Maritza takes Jack violently, <laughs> that's okay. Jack, Jack is. Uh, Jack is just. Cry- you just hear soft cries and tears, but it's, it, everyone's having a good time. It's consensual. It's good. We're in uh, the money. We're in right. the money. I love Kenyan cigarettes. Good, fabulous. Why is that? I need to make more pamphlets. Catherine needs a, another F pamphlet. Just added another, another F, yes. Right. <laughs> right. The six Fs. Right. And we love to dance the horizontal romance. <laughs> there it is. So the next morning, Maritza comes downstairs fine. She grabs a big hunk of bread, um, some sort of an, an unfinished egg, just chops that down. Eats the bread. Jack comes down. He's a little worse for the wear. He's doing the walk of shame. Eyes kind of s- just puffy and swollen and not. Don't ask. And and that's it, pretty much where we'll where we'll leave that particular conversation. Okay. All right. <laughs> just don't ask. The uh, she sets up horses. Does this mean she's loyal to us? I guess that depends on Jack, Faye. How did you do? <laughs> I guess it? it depends on another role. I don't know. <laughs> what was? How do you roll for that keeper? How did he do? Um, well, let me get to the. Uh, let, let's find out. Pow. What else? Can you just add a kapow before it? I thought it would have been sanity because, you know, it, I think it's yes. a mind boggling experience. That's not a good rogue. Oh, Jack. Wow, Jack, for a rogue, you're really botching it, dude. He's a sloppy drunk. What can I say? He's what a sloppy drunk. What the hell? Drunk. What did he roll? An 89. I rolled an 89. My power is in. My power's in 85, so. So we'll just get, we'll just because we're having a little bit of immature fun with this, sure, uh, which is fine. We'll we'll say uh, Maritz is on the horse. She helps you know pick the three biggest people. Uh, well, Jack comes out and she's just like look, gives him a look. Ladies, you've seen that look. You know what that look means. It means that you know better luck next time, sailor. You know not not really your best operate, not really your best work. Nothing to write mm-hmm. home about, mom. But that's okay. It, it like Jack said, not a great drunk. And it might have been the Kenyan cigarettes. Who knows? But uh, the three biggest are in front. They take the three smallest behind them. Three, you know, three horses, and they ride off. Who's riding with Maritza? Not Jack. Oh, <laughs> by her <Okay>. choice. <laughs> well, yeah, right. I'll do it. I'll ride with Maritza, even though she the tried one... to shoot me. I was going to say the one who tried to shoot you. You that's, said we have all... sure, we have three not? horses, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Jack is. Jack's probably not in any shape to, to ride, period. So I'm probably I think Jack, walking. Yeah. Jack needs to be on the back of one of the horses. Right. 
So I guess it's going to be whose horse, Vadim's? Yeah, Vadim will offer. He'll look after his friend. I'll so, go with Sam. Look at that look on Jack's face. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, my friend. That's what 189 will do for you. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's pretty with those rolls. You get the, the ride. Is not so the pretty. shame ride. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. All so right, Kate and I are on a horse. It's going to be two very uncomfortable rides and then best friends. <laughs> yeah. No, it's going to be me trying to get the, the horse to gallop and you going, stop it. Just stop, stop messing with it. All right. So you're on the road to Tomsk and that's where we will call it for tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll pick up next time uh, when we get together, enter into Tomsk and find out exactly what's going on with the bear. And this yeah. particular artifact. And maybe Ella will even start having some uh, some situations that are uh, ever-expanding. Oh. We do have a lot of listeners. I don't like listeners. the foreshadowing thing you're doing, sir. I know, I'm sorry. Listeners, some of you have written to me about some things that, some loose ends that were that have been in the story. Holes that you think, don't worry, they're already being patched up as we speak. Because they're really, things happen when characters disappear. And uh, we will be dealing with those. So uh, we will find out more about that as the game progresses for our players. But thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.